Welcome to the podcast of the movie Wings, where we wing it. I am your pilot, Alex Patak. I'm no, I don't want to use this one. <laughs> We're gonna, this is all getting cut. Hey, welcome to Left Jest, Vanguard of the Laughs. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a lot of fun here today, and we're happy you stopped on by the pond. I'm here with my co-host, Rog of Meta. Hello. Uh, our other dear friend, Anders Lee, uh, rest his soul, is in Chicago? I thought he died. Is he dead? Well, he's not here, for sure. So um, He's in Chicago, fighting Rahm Emanuel <laughs> for the heavyweight championship. He's in Chicago, confronting POCs. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we are here with our uh, special guest. You may have seen him opening for uh, famous leftist comedian Kurt Metzger. <laughs> We have David Spector here today. David, how you doing? Good. Good to be here. Um, we are currently at the Alex Patak Apartment Studios where all of the furniture is gone. This is a very sad place. It looks like a David Lynch set piece at this point. It, it looks literally, we were saying before, like your wife left you with everything and took everything but the podcast. But the podcast equipment. <laughs> and she made sure to damage the second channel so we cannot hook up four microphones. <laughs> uh, I got to say my favorite Kurt Metzger joke ever is abolish the estate tax, you cucks. Uh, <laughs> very good one. Yeah, he got in a lot of trouble for that joke, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Lindy West of the world. Love estate taxes. Yep. I'm now realizing Kurt Metzger has a much more popular podcast, and I'm afraid to challenge him. <laughs> 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 but uh, we're not here to talk about Kurt today. That'll be when we're David is not here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I report back to Kurt everything that's said about him. <laughs> You're never going to believe what the uh, communist podcasts are saying this week, Kurt. Um, Sometimes people ask me, how did you uh, open for Kurt? And they say it in a way that's like, how do you get that? Uh -huh. And I've just started going, oh, I just went up to him and asked him. I, <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'm a comedian, and I was like, can I open for you on tour? And he's like, sure. That's how it happened. <laughs> I sent him an email with my tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I think it's probably better if we orient away <laughs> from this. Uh, what do we want to talk about? A lot happened this week. A lot of Democrat stuff. Uh, Trump was out in G20 doing Trump things, but yeah. I don't, nothing that exciting to report back on. Just general. He didn't, didn't he sit at the table. Yeah, Ivan Ivanka the, sat at the table. It's just yeah. like there's all these different Trump events that seem shocking and magnanimous when they happen, but put together, it's like, yeah, he put Ivanka G20, and then he pretended his hand was Mr. Fart, and Mr. <laughs> Fart led the home council meeting, and it's just, it, it makes no sense. I, I also, like, did you see what he tweeted uh, yesterday? I think it was yesterday where he was like, people are mad, Ivanka sat at the table Oh, would you rather have me set it? No, that was Donald Trump Jr. Oh, Donald Trump Jr., yes. Yeah. Sweet own. The ah. one thing that family and everyone else agrees on is that Donald Trump Jr. and Eric are fucking retards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're best kept in the basement with their slabs of raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> they just have a hammer that they hit a brick with for 24 hours a day. No one knows why. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... 
there, there's been snafus abroad, but mm. I just I don't have anything to say. Did, did you have something to add? Uh, I just think, like, would you rather have Donald Trump sitting at the table? Yeah, uh. he seems aggressively like he doesn't know what's going on, but he doesn't <laughs> care. And at least Ivanka's going to try to seem like she is in charge or whatever. Yeah, like... Because she's insecure about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it bolsters her image to, like, look serious and, like, be at the G20. And, um, I mean, frankly, I don't know if we could have sent a better women's shoes uh, out. <laughs> yeah. You know. She's in the pocket pocket of uh, big heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's got to be thinking all the time these days just like this is better than a modeling career this is more <laughs> exciting she's <laughs> meeting with her modeling friends is like yeah modeling is so passe politics are in <laughs> you guys gotta try being de facto president <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> you can eat anything you want <laughs> <laughs> That's the best slogan for being the president. <laughs> Including the American people's well-being. Oh, man. This is edgy. And the rich. You can this eat the rich. This is edgy stuff. Yeah. I don't, there has not been an American president Season? to eat the rich. In some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LBJ kept him in his basement, but that's all I know of. Yeah. <laughs> like Eric Trump. Yeah. Call back. Uh, Ivanka Trump is like, <laughs> you know, every so often to treat myself, I'll have one rich. And that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, really yeah. trying to cut down. <laughs> uh, today's my cheat day. <laughs> um, right. So I didn't have much to say about uh, Trump news. The, the, uh, Are we bored? Is it getting boring? It's just like there's the outrage is always at a ten, but it never like boils. You know, there's no mean? acceleration. It's just peak yeah. velocity yeah. at all times. Yeah, and you can only keep that up for so long. And it's like, what do you? Honestly, this is not the worst thing I expected from him at the G20 at all. No. What do you have? Something you did expect? Was there a? If he I just comes as like representative of the trump corporation instead of the president <laughs> if i found out that like he has kidnapped angela merkel in like his dukes of hazard hog i would be <laughs> i'd be like this makes sense not in the hog <laughs> um right so and then everyone freaked out because the uh the polish i guess first lady is that what you would call it uh like didn't shake his hand for a minute oh really forced lady <laughs> well yeah yeah forced trump went to lady. shake his hand she went to just uh uh shake melania's hand and then if you watch the rest of the video she does shake trump's hand but everyone was like yeah she's a hero what oh exciting for icing him for 10 seconds news we get this year like <laughs> melania didn't shake his hand now someone else shook melania's hand the handshakes no one's paying attention to these oh i just thought it was because she was Polish and really dumb, where she's like, <laughs> are you the president? Yes. <laughs> Hands are for strangling <laughs> pigs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, equally likely, probably. Uh, I ran into David la on 4th of July last week. I sat a five feet away from you for a full hour while you were in the middle of a heated political debate I with know. your girlfriend's friend or is that your friend oh no. no what happened all right so here's what happened my friend trish uh 
who I was hanging out with for with Fourth of July in addition with my girlfriend. She insisted we go to brunch at this like overpriced place, and then the uh, Hillary Cafe. The, it was the Hillary Cafe. It's run by Hillary when she's not in the woods. Now. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it in is, the woods. Is, by the way, brunch at the Hillary Cafe is an underage boy. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, so she brought her friend Megan, and Trish is a very—I love her, but she's a very outspoken political person. And uh, she enjoys, like, having these arguments. And her friend Megan is a hardcore Hillary supporter. And um, so she started this argument, and uh, it was between Trish and Megan at first. And then I got involved to kind of shoot down some of the things Trish was saying. Cause, but then it became – once Trish was eliminated, it became me and Megan and an uh, – <laughs> No holds barred. She was eliminated? (laughs) (laughs) What? From my perspective, I was five feet away. I made eye contact with you for like at least three seconds. I don't remember this. David did not know I was there. Yeah. So this is like arena combat level mentality. And (laughs) the way I found out you were there was I was like looking at the menu with my girlfriend and we were just like kind of hung over and quiet. And then Mm. you're like. Well, actually, I don't. You have to look at the data, and I was like, "David's here." <laughs> <laughs> really? What was the crux of the argument? What the happened? The crux of the argument. I was saying, uh, basically, Hillary was a very bad candidate with a very bad campaign, and she was saying Russia. <laughs> yeah, that does seem like the discourse at this point. Yeah, it's so it's so annoying to d- drag yourself back into mm. the November. Uh, argument of inter uh, dem politics by mm. this point because it's over now so it's not like she's going to come back and win it which I feel like a lot of these people somehow think is going to happen like the heavy Russia people yeah um, but also you need to keep having the argument because we're picking who's running soon again for midterms and for the next exactly. election and, and also and also like I the Hillary people who are super hardcore and that's not all Hillary people, but a lot of them just can't let it go. And they're the ones who won't stop running against Bernie Sanders in the primary. They already won. Yeah, like, it's just never enough that. And like I saw this tweet the other day that I sent to Ragov of it was this guy who worked for Hillary that was like, it's not her fault that she lost the election. It's the American people's fault. You're deflecting blame on 300 million people. You can't have a political party that has no capacity for introspection. Yeah, but also the that's funny because in tandem they say that in tandem with the refrain of "Well, she got three million more yeah, votes," yeah. which I don't. I can, I've been saying since November. Isn't that much of an achievement when she uh, ran against this magnificent dumbass? <laughs> also, which is yeah, not dim- that you like anyone else. Would, any any better candidate would have won by twenty million. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like she, a Democrat won California. Let's give her a yeah, fucking right. medal. <laughs> oh, but it was great uh, sitting near you guys because I couldn't really tell the substance of your argument or who was arguing what, but I could see your girlfriend sitting quietly for around a full hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you was. two looking pissed. Yeah, she. my girlfriend was miserable <laughs> for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And then a man had a seizure. Yeah, oh, and then geez. they saved someone in a medical emergency. I didn't do shit. This Alex is, is just sitting there like, oh, they didn't like Baby Driver at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is how fucking heated this argument got into. Me and this woman were yelling about Hillary, and then my girlfriend just comes and grabs my backpack and takes the towels out. And I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? And then she just runs to the end of the 
end of the restaurant, and I'm like, something's probably she happening. She makes a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> throws it from the inside of the... <laughs> Anarchy now! <laughs> <laughs> Enough words! <laughs> but no, instead it was a guy with gauges having a seizure. Yeah, so really. Bad. Oh, that's awful. Was he okay? I don't know. They I were was, big gauges, too. I was really mad because... <laughs> that after, was probably what caused it. Yeah, one of those gauge-induced seizures. No, I was mad, though, because we, like, were the first... My girlfriend was the first one to spot them and to give them the towels and all that. And then when they gave us the check, it was full price. <laughs> <laughs> this life means nothing to us. Thank you for coming on July 4th. That's such a curb your enthusiasm plot. <laughs> there was no Heroes discount, really? They must just like Stolen not like Valor. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think we've fully established you as a political partisan out in the world by this point. Uh, what, the other stuff going on this week, um, the DCCC released tentative slogans they were thinking about putting out and then Ooh. everyone owned them for like five days straight mm-hmm. as of this point it's sunday right now uh the slogans were i had them up on my phone mm. uh, uh democrats have you seen the other guys was the top one i love that movie <laughs> yeah i was yeah. gonna say a better a better option would be have you seen the other guys the film starring mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> the rock is in it and they're yeah. just recommending movies that people like <laughs> at this point if you enjoyed the rock as an actor in the other guys you will love when we run him for president in 2026 democrats fast and furious <laughs> <laughs> The other ones, there was a She Persisted, We Resisted, which is not... <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a, like, thing we can all do, I guess. It's not a rallying cry, really. What? What? It's not about an uh, issue. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with <laughs> She Persisted, We Resisted. That, that's so funny how if you put that the other way, it sounds much more, like, threatening. <laughs> she persisted. We said no. Uh, I got to get these up. But they're they're all essentially like that. Mm. And uh, left Twitter immediately went to war with these in terms of the meme factory and yeah. just uh, posting ironic things about them. Pixelated Boat got a uh, Medal of Honor. It was crazy out there in these streets, the street battles. But there was still this whole contingency of, like, hardcore centrist people, which is my new favorite yeah, term, by yeah. the way. What's up Radical with Radical centrism. <laughs> There's militant centrists. I don't get it. It's because they're getting pushback now. And so mm. before, when it was like, you have to go center, it's the only way to win, and that's what was validated in the 90s and mm. before that, you know, it was just you didn't need to be extreme with it. People just bought it, and it yeah. went over. But now there's pushback. Mm. So it's like, no, if we don't do this, the gulags are coming back, and they'll put David Frum on a boat. Is that what you want? <laughs> I, all right, I got another bumper sticker. Uh, how about I'm with Durr, and it's just a picture of Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> <laughs> the Democratic Party. We support Lena Dunham in returning that dog. <laughs> 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 Her dog. We are against that dog. <laughs> Her dog bitter. Did you read about how like she lied about the history of that dog? Like she said it was abused and stuff, and then uh, they reached out to uh, 
I think the whatever the dog center, <laughs> whatever they're called, they went to the uh, dog news, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, it was fine." <laughs> it, I, we asked it. It's it seems like a good dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she said all that stuff. Where like we were talking the other night, where I got that Jen. Oh, I don't need to call it another comedian by name, but there are people who think that Bernie is a Russian agent now. Yeah, that's like that's a new like liberal conspiracy theory getting pushed around. Uh, Everyone over the age of sixty is a Russian agent. Yeah, because well, all went for the most active political members of our society. <laughs> yeah, because Bernie was like Trump has a better brand than the Democrats, and then all these people were like, he's saying Trump is better than the Democrats, oh, and like, no, God. he's saying he's better at marketing. You fucking idiots, um, which he is. Yeah. So it's just really weird because like you know. Not so long ago, it would be the Republicans accusing Bernie Sanders of being a Russian sympathizer. You know, like, that made more sense. Yeah, because <laughs> it was partisan politics instead of one party cannibalizing itself in this spectacular. Uh, yeah, one How party. One party attacking one of their top fundraisers yeah. too. Uh, that's my least favorite thing. He's like, ah, he's not even a Democrat. I'm like, ah, he's done a lot for you. He mm. won't even share his email list. <laughs> the key to his success. And the thing is, like, most with people... With the Democratic Party, the group most responsible with their email list. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hungry for pizza, just talking Ooh, about yeah. it. Oh, um, yeah. You got that good pizza place nearby. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of kids in this neighborhood. You know what I like? Party pizzas. Those Totino party pizzas. Are those like... Oh. I know Totino does pizza rolls. I'm familiar. What's a party pizza? A party pizza is just like those uh, rectangular, rectangular Like uh, Sicilian? Pizzas. No. Like the South... <laughs> that is too fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I think from your description, a party pizza is just a Sicilian-style pizza. I you would think it would be like a very long pizza, like a party sub. But <laughs> it's a pizza with uncontrollable rage issues that <laughs> resorts to violence at first strike. I have another uh, Democratic uh, Party slogan. Go for it. The Democratic Party. United Airlines should beat up anyone they want. <laughs> United we fall. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, your screensaver came on. Is that going to be a problem? Uh, it won't. Well, your full name's Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody about this. Um, this is this is like a very polarizing time mm. to be not a racist. I think. Oh yeah. Like we we did you feel like we got in an argument with our friend when we were taking the car home, based on not even something we said, something he got in a fight with about somebody else. Um. I'm trying about, desperately not about to name it. It was about the Hillary has slaves thing, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about with Katie, which I was going to save mm. for, um, you know, her because she runs a popular talk show. But yeah, I'm the backup guest because uh, Sam Harris couldn't make it today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, you're equally capable of talking about this. Mm. We, we had our friend Jack on Jack Smith 4. He's a writer for Mike.com and he was mm. talking about how the left has a terrible onboarding program. Mm. Like, if you want to get really into white nationalism, you just, like, click on frog memes and you're just, like, socialized immediately. Yeah. Like, you're just like, yeah, I'm wearing a Viking helmet. I'm mm. fucking I'm protecting women with my gun or whatever. <laughs> like, it's easy. It's, like, four links and you watch a video mm. of, uh, like, Europeans killing Muslims or something. Mm. Uh, but... 
if you are vaguely interested in Marxist history or in any of anything left of the modern American uh, discourse that you're kind of sold growing up in America, you have to. The first book everyone's recommended to read is Capital. Mm. Like if you go on the forum, one of the most dense, unreadable books Mm. in. Not history, but God, it's not easy. And it scares away people. You you need to take a class to have a conversation without people yelling at you. And it was written by a Jew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're one step at a time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like I think the maybe they maybe they take issue with the I feel like they took issue with the phrasing of the Hillary had slaves. Arc. Like someone said Hillary owned slaves. And then one of the arguments against it was she didn't own them. I'm like, yeah, like that's <laughs> fucking better. <laughs> Like you're right, she did just. She have rented them. slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just used the criminal justice system so they could pour her lemonade. I mean, and they couldn't leave or they'd be shot. But I'm gonna finish my point here. Uh, so the the issue is not specifically the Hillary had slaves narrative, which you know I totally back up, but I feel like it's kind of old news at this point. The point is that what w- the the argument we were having with these people was our friend went into this group of, uh, like, complete hashtag resist type people who are very open to, you know, uh, left of center conversation but have to be kind of lured in and just started memeing the Hillary has slaves (laughs) Chapo Trap House joke with them, and they were so offended, and they had no idea what was going on, and they're still mad about it. Mm. And the the pushback is way better than any outreach he was doing. So how, how what's the best way to reach out to those people? To the to the resist people? I mean, oh god, I think something Money. about Hillary Clinton fundamentally like changed people's brains because I know a lot of people who were far more left-wing before she ran who are now like these sort of radical centrist types. Oh yeah, good point. Uh yeah, it's almost like a tribalistic uh, reaction. Yeah. There, there's some, maybe it's because she was the first woman candidate or whatever it was where people just aren't... If you find yourself on the side of any political argument that doesn't have a sense of humor, then you might want to like look into... You might be a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You might be a red coat. <laughs> oh, that's a good bit. Oh damn! You might be a red coat. <laughs> yeah, we gonna... just missed Fourth of July. <laughs> you had to wait a whole another year. That's actually a great metric for finding out if you're on the wrong side of history. Who's laughing? Mm. Who is laughing? I feel the, like people in the civil rights the movement. Wall laugh Street fat cats. That's who's laughing. I'll oh. tell you who's laughing. All the, the way lucky, to the bank. The that lucky they own. audience members at Comic Strip Live. Every. <laughs> Uh, everyone at the Village Lantern, the second Sunday of the month at around 6 p.m. later today is going to be on the right side of history. Mm. Um, yeah. I remember what I was saying to you in the car is anybody who is, especially most of the most like New York City woke style uh, pizzas, pizzas, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a woke style pizza. <laughs> 
It's, you know, Sicilian you pizza, or woke style. And it's just a portrait of DeRay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would love. The, the woke people with formless, formless politics are all morality voters. And if you can express uh, left economics as more compassionate than relying on markets and having that be the centerpiece of your argument, you can win those people over. You can't do it by pointing to someone they identify as their grandmother and insisting they have slaves, which is a joke to us. Yeah. But true. I I mean, yeah, know. it is a very it's, glib way of presenting the argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a glib problem. <laughs> it's so glib. <laughs> but I think it's more. I think it's more than that because there is a sort of tribal element to it where, like, now socialism is brochialism. You know, like you're just. It's this sort of warped kind of perspective where if you are on the side of free markets, now you're radical. It doesn't make any sense. I was thinking about this yesterday. That's the greatest PR maneuver of the 21st century. Um, Oh, socialism's coming back? You mean that bro art form? Yeah. (laughs) There are no bosses? Why not just rip off your sleeves right now? Because (laughs) you are pretty much at the gym. (laughs) The mental gymnastics you have to do to get there are so much fun, first of all. I know. It's it's silly. I think also the thing about Hillary is that a lot of people, like that woman I was arguing with, history begins and ends with her. Like, the Democrats have been losing elections way before the Russians got involved, you know. So, but for them, it's like, here was this perfect candidate. No one was better suited to be president, which is so fucking wrong. And then and the fact that she lost is just this unmitigated travesty, and everyone else is to blame. And you're not, if it's a blame game, you're not going to win people over. I think what... uh what has to happen is Lena Dunham has to read Capital. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. I want uh, militant Lena Dunham in the <laughs> future more than anything else I've ever wanted. <laughs> she gets the dog back. She trains it to fight the police. <laughs> uh, so I have a, I have a, an internet friend, meaning we, we have a correspondence online, but we've never met in person. Oh, like a, pen pals. Oh, yeah, like a yeah, chat bot. I guess, but it's mostly I post leftist stuff, and then he uh, kind of retorts with a very reasoned argument and doesn't like... A Sicilian-style friend. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're really, really harping on that. Um, but he, he had an interesting point uh, about... Uh, okay, so he, he is... I should frame this. He, he's for... Socialized healthcare. He's for uh, universal basic income. Yeah. He he is, uh, I think, by definition, socialist-ish. Mm. But uh, socialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, real quick, can I say that I'm like suspicious of universal basic income only because Mark Zuckerberg likes it? So yeah. I feel like it's a trap. It's a it's a socialist uh, honey pot, as it were. You stick your dick in there, and then uh, markets come and take you from behind. <laughs> Please check out my blog, <laughs> vaguelyhomophobicpoliticalanalogies.com. <laughs> anyway, what was he saying? Okay, so uh, uh, 
Okay, so uh, talking about uh, sort of the left's uh, animosity towards uh, techno- technocrats and uh, mm. th- all that, and he's like, uh, it's uh, it's very dangerous idea. And these are these are Democrats who like techno, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They like Democrat. they just listen to Sandstorm <laughs> while drafting bills. Uh, it's also a very it's a dangerous idea that socialism is so evident, self evidently good that the details of implementation can be taken for granted. Uh, the left's current antipathy towards technocrats is incredibly dangerous. Yes, in our current culture, there's a common myopia among would-be technocrats that what's good for Ivy Leaguers is good for the country. But if your economic model is based on having a larger and larger portion of resources allocated subject to state mechanisms, it's vitally important not to have a dysfunctional state mechanism. Uh, good government is necessary uh, precondition for big government to be good. Uh, that's something, blah, blah, blah. That's something you simply can't take for granted. Uh, and it's worth doing and it can be done, but it doesn't happen without working to make it happen. So basically saying these people are essential and the, like sort of cult, the worship, uh, behind it among the Dems. May I ask what, what you were, uh, talking about that prompted that to even come up? Oh, by the way, that was the Democrats most concise bumper sticker yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, Technocrats no. are essential. Before we can consider the provisions of a large government, we must first retreat to the. Uh. <laughs> no, it was it was just a status status of his, uh, and he usually has he writes really good stuff. Yeah. Michael I, Foodie, former uh, guest on Come Town, but uh, really, yeah, yeah, oh, he, cool. he was on an episode, but uh, uh, he's very insightful. Check him out. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think of that? I reject uh, I, the thesis of it. I I. Th- no, I have no problem with what he said. My problem is the Democrats will look at that and then make literally like my joke. They'll make that their slogan like that's <laughs> not Medicare for all is a very basic three word thing that everyone in the country knows what the words mean. Uh, yeah. Liz Warren <laughs> even came out for single pair. Yeah. But like the whereas Hillary Clinton's campaign is I have a 10,000 page book of mysteries that might make your <laughs> life better. <laughs> Like, you can't campaign like that. Here's, you know, a simple campaign. There's one mystery, and it's called the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Back to the foodster. uh, I think he has a good point that if you are going to make radical changes, you need people who know what they're doing. Mm. But the uh, way he started the argument that the left rejects technocrats I don't think is true mm. because we have our own weird collection of professors who have been living in basements for 20 years who we love. <laughs> <laughs> the people we do not like are the technocrats you see on like the front page of BuzzFeed and stuff because they're all Silicon Valley market guys. Yeah. They're technocrats for the system we want to destroy. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Why would we want those people? Uh, also, they're all on weird brain-enhancing drugs that are giving them <laughs> side effects in their penises, and I know it. You talk <laughs> to them about their penises. Every, that's what happens every time Alex sees a rich person. He's on the brain pills, <laughs> and it's going to cut his dick off. <laughs> he just comes up to him. He's like, how's your dick? <laughs> and they, they just has it. They're like, uh, I thought so. <laughs> your silence is complicity. <laughs> Resist. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the—I really think, like, the left right now where it's, like, this over-embrace of technocracy, is that a word? Who knows? Where, to the point where sure. <laughs> people should just like the fact that they, that no one can understand what the fuck they're talking about. It does, 
That is what it is. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that was a lot of words. You, <laughs> you have a shiny degree from DeVry, my friend. <laughs> uh, and that's another thing. Like, a lot of – this is a side issue, but a lot of these, like, uh, Democratic Party, like, heroes uh, do really shitty things. Like, Madeleine Albright – is you know she's like the women who don't support other women go to hell. But then meanwhile she's the head of a multi-level marketing firm that like. Explodes. Wait, was that Gloria Steinem or Madeline? Madeline that was Madeline Albright. Albright. Oh, By okay. the way, that is my least favorite video game: Democratic Party heroes. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> It's a MOBA, but you just stay in the base and argue as the towers fall. No, you no. It's uh, it's Guitar Hero, but you have to recite a Hillary Clinton's concession speech. (laughs) 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 Which is just Tom Podesta talking about children. Oh my God, man. Oh, I know there's more video game references to make, and I'm too hungover to make them. That's someone someone <laughs> retweeted an old Tom Podesta tweet from, like, 2015, and it was like, this is Hillary's plan to defeat ISIS. And the first point was, defeat ISIS in Syria, <laughs> like, <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> Valid plan. I see no problem issue with that. It's the Larry the Cable Guy plan, where she just gets her done. Mm. Um, ISIS is the real problem, and that's what I wanted to this talk is Hillary about Clinton's, on the show. This is Hillary Clinton's plan to defeat ISIS in Syria. Identity politics. <laughs> <laughs> Send Jay-Z to Aleppo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we like to have a lot of fun on here with Left Dressed, but uh, sometimes it's important to talk about the issues. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. Andrews is going to be gone for around two months, and he always does the segues on this program. And I can't. I always laugh when he does them because they really seem forced, but uh, they're hard to do. So my hat is off. Uh, he he wanted to talk. Uh, he wanted us to talk about what was the video he sent? It was um left voice or something what was the name of this oh is it like the voice but for the left that's right right. (laughs) it's vladimir uh, just a bunch of people singing billy bragg songs (laughs) (laughs) it's uh karaoke but you have to do your best impression of lennon (laughs) what would that be like (laughs) you just like throw an ice pick and see someone who looks like trotsky (laughs) ben wasserman kind of looks like trotsky let's kill him he gets a lot of uh comparisons to young Joseph Stalin, like the bisexual Joseph Stalin picture that they have. There's a bisexual uh, Joseph Stalin. Yeah, it's like picture? a meme because well, uh, he's like really sexy in it. I look exactly like a young Fidel Castro. You don't look exactly like young Dude. Fidel Castro. Yeah, he does. You, you, you have the beard. No, let me show you. That's why he gets laid so much. Uh, <laughs> you you look, don't look like let me, let me Cuban you, at all. Dude, hold on one second. I mean, this is there's no point of me showing you a fucking picture on a podcast. Fidel Castro is the background of my laptop. Hold on a second. Well, he's also... He's also your best friend, David Spector. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prove this. Hold on a second. Oh wait. Uh, this is good for our listeners at home. I'm getting uh, up the fucking look video. Look up David Spector. Come on. Oh, that's that's close. Come on. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. You, yeah. guys, you, de- you guys have the same beard for sure. 
and the same like everything. Yeah, and you have the same like militant approach to comedy that uh, he had to <laughs> destroying Batista's government. Oh yeah. <laughs> Never seen David and Fidel in the same room, just saying. <laughs> That's true. John Field had a lot of good stories about Fidel Castro, which I think what? were all made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think the first Yeah, we used to do open mics in the eighties. <laughs> um Oh, no. So Andrew sent us this video from a website called Left Voice mm. um, with this Cooney professor, Charlie Post. Yeah. Where he's talking about, uh, you know, he talks a lot about the anti-Trump movement and the growth of the DSA. The that the gr we're seeing, and we'll get to this later, a birth of a new left, which like the birth of the new left in the 1960s in this country is taking place within the confines of a social democratic organization. The problem is that many, many of these people, particularly the older ones, but even some of the younger ones, still believe that the main road to power is through electoral politics. They believe, some of them still believe that you can somehow use the Democratic Party to build a political movement in opposition to Trump and Trumpism. I would characterize the growth of DSA slightly differently. I do not see this as the growth of a social democratic left. Mm -hmm. I see this as a much more incohate layer of people that are very much in flux politically, very much like the young people who flow towards SDS and the Erdl in them, particularly from 1964, 65, 66 onward. I think that the vast majority of the people who are joining DSA today don't have hardened positions on the Democratic Party, don't have hardened positions on electoral politics, don't have hardened positions on the labor officials or on how to do organizing, etc. Most of them are absolutely disgusted with the mainstream of American liberalism and are, I think, open to more radical ideas. Big hot topic on the inner left academia circle jerk right now is, oh, look, there are children in DSA. Can we overthrow the government now? And, <laughs> and the back and forth is, do we, um, you know, seduce the party and take it over from the inside? Yeah. Uh, or do, do we form our own kind of coalition dual power thing? No other alternatives ever given. Well, there's no dual there's power in the American system. We don't have a parliamentary so sort of thing. So either we have the seats or we don't. Yeah, and not only that, but like dual power in the way that people who love the Russian Revolution like to talk about cannot happen under a government that's not like fully collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless people are dying in the streets mm. more. I guess more. Because yeah. like if you go to like Detroit or something or even just like Union Square, people are dying in it the streets. It depends on what streets they're dying on. <laughs> People yeah. start dying on Fifth Avenue, then there will be an issue. But um, also just one more thing about the Hillary left sort of thing. The hardcore resist people are so like reactionary anti-Trump and just pro whatever they think centrism is that they are – like right now there's a whole thing where Trump may block a merger with CNN and AT&T just because he hates CNN. And the Hillary people are like, this is against the First Amendment. And I'm like, no, corporate conglomerations of the, of the press are not what the First Amendment's about. You're against monopolies, remember? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the one thing Democrats are supposed to still be for is like against monopolies. Mm. 
Is that even true anymore? No. What was, like, I moved to a new apartment yesterday. <laughs> we have to get Time Warner mm. for our internet. I called Optimum to try to set up a deal with them because the it was half as expensive. And they literally cannot get into our apartment. Time Warner is the only option to get internet there. Oh, you're so fucked. Yeah, it's like 50 bucks a month or something. Jesus Christ. They give you some bullshit package with like 100 megabits per second. This and it's is like, what the DSA should be focusing on. Yes. Wait, so what do we think? Should the form our own coalition or uh, take over the, the DNC? I, I, I want to have both of these conversations, but we need to finish one and then go back to the other one. I, I, I thought I, that's I where that's, we started. Yeah, I think the Time Warner <laughs> one is finished. Okay, okay. We're I done. Want to talk more about your cable situation. Well, the, the injustice <laughs> is... <laughs> Incompatible with America, but, but there's too much for internet. Um, um, okay, so what I think, uh, and I think is unaddressed in all of these videos, is that even though, okay, DSA has, what, 21,000 people right now, which is impressive for a socialist organization in the country that literally killed all of its leftists in the 60s and 70s, uh, but... It's not anything that you can use practically at the moment. Those aren't good numbers politically mm. in America. What we need to be doing now, as far as I'm concerned, is using that power practically. And that means worming yourself and out-primarying Democratic politicians as kind of a Tea Party-style Democrat group. And then keep in mind that you do have the perspective of wanting an option outside of electoral politics once the power is actually there. What am I trying to say? I like how Andrew so hungover isn't here and he still found a way to bring the podcast to a grinding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So they're arguing for more extreme measures than just going into the Democratic Party. Mm. But it is ignoring the fact that that's not even an option at the current state of affairs and by outside of the democratic party i mean pretty much your only option is revolution by that point which yeah. would get fucking owned it would take massive upheaval and mobilization of people which you just, would need to win over the entire army because yeah. otherwise it will just be like <laughs> hipsters and scarves getting bombed from helicopters can't throughout say, the entire country can't like, say i'm not in favor of that but <laughs> um, helicopters are cool no matter how they're being used i mean here's the thing. quote me on this Here's the thing that I think, <laughs> and this ties into my whole like Hillary resistance people versus Bernie and how dumb that is. The Bernie Sanders represents the historical place where the Democratic Party was pre-Ronald Reagan. Well, I mean, universal health care has always been in their platform. Always. He didn't make it up. Uh, the free college, that's the way it used to be. My dad went to CUNY for free. Um, so this whole idea of um, where do we need to overthrow the system? Do we need to uh, start our own party? What if you just made the Democratic Party a genuine center-left party as opposed to the what it is now, which is they take the Republicans' recycled ideas and see how that ends up for people in the country? And then, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me to, like, uh, do what you were saying. There are prominent politicians in the Democrat Party that will embrace 
you know, these big policies like single pair, like Keith, Keith Ellison, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, uh, they're there. Uh, but then we're pushing these people like Kamala Harris, who doesn't seem to give a fuck about anything as far as I can tell. Well, no, because it's, it's this whole uh, sort of uh, John Ossoff nature of it, where the public, what the public wants is this sort of bland ineffectual shade of... A I game. don't know if that's what the public wants, No, that's though. what the Democratic Party y- thinks. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have a response to this. The uh, This is a classic, like, social democracy versus just socialism-ism, mm. like international socialism question that's been the issue since the Nazis killed um, uh, Rosa Luxemburg. And people love putting that on Bernie Sanders. Then you get to imagine Bernie Sanders killing an old woman with his <laughs> bare hands, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so I guess the critique to what you were saying, so why not just have these people who are like 1940s Democrats back in power pushing for things, their improvements to the everyday lives of people, which I'm saying we should do, and yeah. that is the next step. But if that is the final goal of what you're going for, you're pushing for democratic power in a system under capitalism where it will always be exploited back to this kind of toothless uh redundancy i i can see that uh but at the so that's the argument anyway yeah i mean and i think uh i think a big measure of whether or not that's correct is if the republican health care bill passes because that'll be the first time in our history that a social uh specifically medicaid uh you know a social insurance program is taken away from people if that's the case, well, we need more like frothing, upset people in the streets. And this is how you get them. Yeah. <laughs> Just everyone dying of diseases around you and going to debt at the same time. Well, not, well, not only that, but like the, the argument that we need a full on socialist revolution because like a, a 19, you know, a New Deal Democrat doesn't cut it. If the New Deal Democrats were able to pass programs that legitimately help people and improve people's lives that are permanent, then you can kind of make that argument. But if they're just going to be taken away like the beast of capitalism, it's just going to keep eating them, then you then uh, it makes the case for revolution far more uh, legitimate. Yeah. Um, I think something that's important to keep in mind when discussing the back and forth of <laughs> the Democratic Party fighting with itself versus the Republicans who have taken on this scary new fascist face is there is just a rolling class in this country that dictates the laws that are made. And we have so such little uh, in the way of democracy to push back against them by this point mm. that that is where the problem stems from for me is you cannot have the democracy under the capitalism we live in now is not strong enough to govern itself. Yeah. But I also think like, it's not all like you, the economic system is a huge part of it, but also the political system, any political system can be broken. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, you're right. I'm just imagining. I like imagining quotes taken out of context. <laughs> Opening for Kurt, David Spector. Any political system can be broken. <laughs> so, like socialism, in and of itself, like full-on uh, socialist revolution, isn't going to necessarily ensure a more democratic society at all. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So th- there's a. Uh, uh, now that I think about it, hashtag resist. I'm with her. Uh, <laughs> I've gone back. No, and I I don't. 
You hate women, Alex. I, I hate women so much because they have sacks of fat on the front of them, and it's just slowing them down. But <laughs> Another great out-of-context quote. Uh, uh, the, you should be able to make these critiques of uh, socialism and any kind of government that would are that would function in an anti-capitalist capacity and that's where i think the trap lies for the future ahead is i'm fully convinced that capitalism is kind of a poisonous back and forth for a society to have that is going to bury us under the weight of climate change in the near future um but just going against that isn't its own ideology enough that you could just fall behind it entirely of being against capitalism. And I think that's the problem socialism's had historically. Well, yeah, and also just like I don't think – I really don't see the world as as stark as the – let's say that professor does because if you go to any European country, for the most part, they have some sort of part socialist, part capitalist, social democratic hybrid – that is working a lot better than our system. Like, there's a... Oh, I agree. Yeah, could, yeah, that's how I feel, yeah. Yeah. And even though... Um, okay, so I concede it's working better, but the... So uh, what I feel has been politically uh, activating for me in the last few years mm. is just watching the accelerations of climate change. Mm. And that's because I'm mostly economically protected as, you know, like an educated white healthy guy living in new york city you know mm. and so everybody has their issues that get them living in new york city does with. not protect you from climate change though. well <laughs> Quite the yeah opposite. but then you get to see the ocean and <laughs> it comes up at you <laughs> i was here in hurricane sandy and uh, i played so many board games that week and mm. it really oh, <laughs> radicalized so me fun. as a young <laughs> <laughs> Settlers of Catan is communism. If anybody yeah. has embarked on the Game of Thrones board game and just seen the social devastation that ensues as your friend group is torn apart by the divine right of kings. Who is Game of God. Thrones? What? Who is Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched the show. You've never seen the show? I saw like half an episode. And I was like, fuck this. Not enough incest that's what Ragoff said <laughs> yep i wanted more i, was like, I, I want to see some moms <laughs> fucked yeah uh but that's next week guys be sure to watch game of thrones uh july 16 9 p.m it'll be right after i record a half hour in boston and not during so please come to that <laughs> we getting into plugs holy shit what time is it podcast conversation we need anders back <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows i'm the riff king uh wait so what else has happened this week uh you were talking about the hobby lobby thing before should we get yes. hobby lobby yes. should, but should we save that for our intro okay yeah we're gonna yeah sorry we gotta save it sorry dave, dave. <laughs> uh i cannot talk well about let, let's briefly talk about north korea north korea okay so we're going to war with them tomorrow right yeah. For sure. Yep. I <laughs> got drafted. I got planet. my card the other day. Uh, yeah. I'm not even a U.S. citizen, but I got to do it. Mm. I think I've said this on the show before. I really want someone who knows a lot about North Korea to come on the show and kind of talk about it. I think we're given a very one-sided perspective of what 
the history of the country is and the media. Mm. And I'm not saying this to defend North Korea because obviously there, yeah, that's why David is here. <laughs> <laughs> Our expert on the DPRK, David Spector. Uh, David, Everything they're doing is great. <laughs> if you're in jail, you deserve it. So do your family. <laughs> oh man. Now I just, if we do go to war though, I really want, I mean, I, this won't happen, but I would want Donald Trump to give his like most Donald Trump speech about announcing the war. You know what I mean? Wow, these are very attainable goals. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb all their Petco so they have no food. Do you, do you think that's you, not me? That's Donald Trump. That's I, Donald Trump. Yeah. David would never say anything offensive, <laughs> yeah. as he has proven time and again on our podcast. <laughs> He's an eager, not racist. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. This uh, is falling apart. We'll back be right to, back. Back uh, to Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, there's this like idea that like people don't they, they don't know why North Korea hates us. And this is it's shrouded in mystery. I'm like, well, there was a big war in the early 50s. That has not ended. <laughs> yeah. We're, it's never ended. Yeah. The country was divided in half by other countries, essentially. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we killed 20 percent of their population, which is I think it was a uh, I think General LeMay, who is like one of the worst people who engaged in the Vietnam War. Uh said that it was a uh, the attack was worse than anything they did to Japan after Pearl Harbor for mm. sure and well besides the yeah it's the atomic bomb very similar to everything we did in Vietnam though because it was right after we invented the uh, napalm bomb and mm. we just set the entire top half of the country on fire yeah. mm -hmm. um, napalm trees napalm <laughs> nice oh yeah good riff um, it's almost as good as my Petco thing that killed Callback. <laughs> Could that be a callback where you just do a joke? You're like, remember when I did that other joke? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this confirms so, my theory that we were not ready to talk about North Korea without a guest. Yay or nay? Bomb North Korea. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? I'm, I, I'm against. Dave. I'm for. Oh, I'm, um, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> don't want to do it. Uh, David Spector killing... Uh, Kim Jong-un, who is modern-day Rosa Luxemburg on our podcast. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> All of those things I just said. Uh, I, th I think that wraps this sh shithole up. <laughs> Y'all want to do some plugs? <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't end the podcast when it was going well. You waited. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at anddavidishere. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at David Spector. And you can also find me on the nohomers.com uh, Simpsons message board as Troy McClure. He's McClure Troy misspelled M-C-L-U-R-E. I haven't used the account in a long time, but maybe it's still active. Okay. Uh, all right. For our listeners who are still awake after that plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. But Raga Meta, follow me at ACLU official. Please come to our show at the Star Bar. July 22nd, oh, yeah. 7 p.m. It's going to be a hot one. It's going yeah. to be very hot. Very, very have, good. We might have a, an ace up our sleeve. Tune yeah, back in for a that. A very special guest. It looks like uh, it's going to be for me? the Close Rikers campaign. Maybe David will be there. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, we haven't booked him, but <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I'm at Patak Jokes. Follow our Twitter on Left Jested bullshit like that. And uh, leave a five-star review, you nice little fella. R.I.P. Anders. R.I.P. Anders. We'll see you next week.
ไป